All right. Happy New Year to all of you. Man, I'm so excited uh, to be able to share with you um, this first weekend of the new year. There is something about this time of year that always fills my heart with anticipation. You know, even though the weather is cold um, and Christmas is over and the days are shorter, there's something about this time of year that invites us into a place of hope into a place of anticipation of what God can and wants to do in our lives. I mean, that's exciting. The whole message of the gospel is a message of hope. It's a message of transformation. Um, I was talking with a friend the other day who mentioned how so many people in her life have experienced a really difficult 2018 and maybe you can relate to that. Um, but we're no longer in 2018. Uh, there is a new year. This is a new year. Um, and it's a year that God wants to move in our lives. And he wants to move in our church in significant ways. I mean, it is fun to think about and dream about what God might want to do in our lives this coming year. So I remember a couple of years ago, I heard author John Eldridge talk about a practice that he did every year, this time of year. Um, and what he would do, he would ask the Lord to give him a word or a phrase for him personally for that coming year. Um, and, and a friend of mine did this last year and God gave him a word that made no sense to him initially. But then a few months into the year, he experienced this transition. And suddenly that word, that specific word God had given him confirmed all that God was doing in that transition. So I decided a few weeks ago to do this. Um, I began asking God to give me a personal word for this coming year, for 2019, for my life. And in the word that came to my mind was release. Release. I believe the Lord is wanting to release, wanting me to learn how to release some things to him this coming year. Things that I've maybe had a hard time releasing. Imagine that. Um, but I do at times. So, so I'm excited to see how that plays out this coming year. But I not only did this for me personally, I also did it for us as a church. A few weeks ago, I began asking the Lord, okay, God, what is on your heart for Christ Community Church in 2019, this coming year. And the word that immediately came to my mind was the word rooted. Rooted, what a, which is a really powerful word. I mean, when you think about a tree or a plant being rooted, you envision roots that are going down deep so that the tree is strong no matter what happens. And I believe that's what God wants to do in us as a church this coming year. He wants to bring us to a deeper level of rootedness. I mean, when you think about our society, when you think about our world today, there is so much uncertainty. There is so much instability. And it's easy for us to begin to feel that in our own lives. And I believe God is inviting us into a deeper experience of rootedness, of being grounded in him so that all the chaos around us doesn't sway us. It doesn't overwhelm us. We are deeply rooted in him. And that sounds awesome, doesn't it? I mean, I can't wait for 2019 to see God do this in us in deeper ways. So <clears throat> once I got that one word, then I began to pray, okay, God, what does that mean? What exactly does that look like? Um, and as I was praying about this word rooted, God brought to my mind a passage of scripture that I believe, I believe this passage is our North Star for this coming year. 
It, it gives us a reference point regarding what rootedness looks like. So if you have your Bible or Bible app, feel free to turn to Ephesians 3. Um, and I encourage you to do that because we're going to be hopefully praying into that this week, maybe this coming year. So maybe this whole passage will get worn out in our Bibles. But Ephesians 3, beginning in verse 16. So let me slowly, I want to slowly read this passage. And I want you, as I read this, I want you to let the words just kind of settle and sink into your heart. Because I think this is one of the most powerful prayers in the entire Bible. I pray that out of his glorious riches, God may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Wow. I mean, is that an amazing prayer or what? I mean, did, did you notice a particular word right at the center of that passage? Rooted. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power. Rooted and established in love. I believe that that phrase describes in more specific terms the rootedness that God wants to bring into our lives and into our church this coming year. To be rooted in his love. So I heard a pastor uh, the other day doing some teaching and I was listening to this and he talked about how there are two, there are really two possible realms. There are two possible sort of atmospheres from which we can live our lives. Fear, the atmosphere of fear or the atmosphere of love. We're in either one of those atmospheres when we're living our lives and they're mutually exclusive. We can't live in both. So, so when I began to think about that, I realized how it is so true in my own life. I can live from this place of fear and insecurity. I can live from that. Or, or I can live from this place of love. And, and the whole, it's a huge difference between those two things. So when I'm living my life from a place of fear, all sorts of negative things start to surface in me. Anger at other people, insecurity, a critical spirit, depression, discouragement. I mean, I took a, a few vacation days um, right before Christmas. And one afternoon, I was on vacation and I had this, what felt like this wet, heavy blanket of discouragement just kind of settle on me. It was awful. And I realized later how it was rooted in this place of fear in my life, this fear of failure, fear of rejection. And God was inviting me into this place into this battle, really, because that's what it is. It is a battle. He was inviting me into this battle of being rooted in his love. Was I going to choose to be rooted in his love? Was I going to choose to be so established in his love for me that the thoughts of discouragement and fear end up not even being able, being able to land in my heart, in my mind? They can't even land knowing that I'm loved by the God of the universe. See, going back to how Paul said it in the verses we just read earlier, he was praying that we would have power 
to grasp how wide and high and long and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love, not just to know about it. A lot of Christians, we know about God's love, but that's not what he's praying for here. He's praying that we would know it that we would experience it. And notice the result, that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. I mean, does it get any better than that? (laughs) To be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. I mean, Paul here, he is running out of words. Paul is running out of words to use, to describe the, the, the ocean of God's love. And and he is praying that we are rooted in that, that we are rooted and established in love. Okay, so how do we how do how do these roots go go more deeply? How do they get more deeply established in us? What I'm guessing most of us here, most of us here have discovered is that this kind of rootedness doesn't just happen automatically. It doesn't happen automatically. I mean, roots take time to go deep into the soil. And, and we know this in gardening and all that stuff. Roots take time and you got to water them. There's, there's nourishment, there's water. All that thing over time has to happen in order for roots to go down deep. And the same thing is true, spiritually speaking. To be rooted in God's love involves some intentionality on our part. It involves us over time being fed and nourished by the truth of who we are in Christ. So for me personally, this nourishment comes from a few specific activities that I'll just mention here. One is spending time in God's word, engaging in God's word, where he's speaking truth to my heart. Another one is listening to the Spirit's voice, listening to the Holy Spirit speak to my heart. And then the third for me is placing myself in environments of worship. Placing myself in environments of worship. These three things, they help me and are helping me become more and more rooted and established in God's love. So as we're beginning this new year, I want to encourage all of us here to think about what this might look like specifically for you, what this might look like in your life, in my life this coming year. What might it look like to intentionally create space for God's word? To intentionally create space to listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you and to intentionally create space for worship, to worship God. Now, and there are a number of different ways we can do this individually and all that, but I, and I know I'm biased here, but I think one of, the, one of the best environments for this is our worship services. I mean, this coming year, we're going to be focusing on some of these themes. We're going to be looking from God's word about how we can be rooted in his love. And not only that, we're going to be prayerfully planning each service to give room for authentic, heartfelt worship and to allow opportunity for each of us to hear the Spirit speak to our hearts, to each one of our hearts. So it's not just talking, it's we're engaging, we're listening. So, so that's one easy way to place ourselves in an environment for God to more deeply root us in his love. And I'm, I'm so excited about what God is going to be doing in our worship services this coming year. Seriously, I'm super excited. Now, there's another aspect of this rootedness in love that is also evident in Scripture. The more rooted we are in God's love, 
the more loving we are toward other people. See, the more rooted we are in fear, the less loving we are towards other people. And again, it's, it's either fear or love that are going to be driving our lives and our relationships. And so I am, again, I'm, I'm so excited about when I think about us being rooted in love in such a way that it is spilling over into the lives of people around us. I am so excited about the impact that this can have in our families, in your family, my family, in our neighborhoods, in our schools, in our workplace. When we are being rooted and established in Christ's love for us, it can't help but overflow into the lives of others. I mean, this is one of my passions for us as a church, and I know you share this as well. I just want to be a church where everyone who walks through these doors feels loved, that they experience love. In fact, I had this I, kind of a radical thought the other day. I had never really thought about it this way. It felt radical to me, but here's this radical thought. Jesus isn't calling us to agree with people. He's calling us to love people. He's not calling us to agree with people. He's calling us to love people. So what would it look like for us as a church? For us to be so rooted and established in love that we treated everyone around us, here or around us, wherever we are, that we, we treated them with the same love that Jesus demonstrated towards us. I mean, that is exciting. I mean, this, this kind of love is what drives our vision as a church. Our, our purpose statement is this. We want to change more people's stories. That's what we're about as a church. In other words, we want more and more people to experience the transforming love of God. And, and honestly, I'm so proud of who we are as a church. I'm so proud of how we as a church have embraced this idea of loving people well. I mean, in August, I mentioned this earlier, in August, our church was voted by our community to be the best community activist in Greeley. See, that's the power of love. That's the power of loving our community well. But I believe... We have so much more of this that we can experience and we can give to our community and we can share. We have so much more of this love because <laughs> it's God's love being poured out through us. There is so much more that we can share with our community. I mean, imagine the impact as God takes us deeper in his love. And that love overflows into our workplace and it overflows into our school and it overflows into our family and our marriage and our friendships. It just overflows. Now, I don't know what that's going to look like specifically, but I can't wait to see, I can't wait to see it grow in our lives and in our church this coming year. I mean, we want this whole love thing to really guide our vision for our permanent West Campus um, we, we want this permanent West Campus that we're visioning and praying about all that. We want that to be a place where people feel like they matter and they belong and they can make a difference. We want it to be a place where people hang out and they gather before they even realize that a church is meeting there. That would be cool, right? People are just hanging out and gathering there. They don't even realize a church meets there. And so they just become a part of what God is doing. Now, we don't know exactly what this looks like. There's no book on this one. Uh, we don't know exactly what this looks like, but we are excited to have the opportunity to creatively multiply the imprint of God's love into this region, into this region. 
Now, by the way, um, please be praying about that. I'm asking you to pray specifically because we're experiencing some roadblocks in terms of getting approval from the powers that be um, um, to pursue the vision that we believe God wants us to pursue. But God is bigger, right? Um, He is, he's bigger than all that, but we need prayer. So please be praying earnestly, especially, I mean, we're talking the next few days, next few weeks, there are things happening. We need things to happen. And so be praying about that. We're going to share, we'll be sharing more details, um, things to pray about, more updates over the next couple months as we're praying for this whole West Campus vision to be rooted and established in love. I mean, prayer is such an important aspect of this rooted love thing happening. It's such an important aspect in our lives and our church. I mean, the passage that we're looking at at today, this passage, this North Star passage for us, Ephesians 3, this North Star passage for us as a church, that's actually a prayer. It is a prayer. I mean, Paul is praying that the believers in Ephesus will experience this, that they will grow in their their being rooted and established in love. And that excites me as well. We can pray for this to happen. We can pray for this to happen more deeply in our lives and in our church. We can pray for us to be more rooted and established in love. We can pray for us. And for each other to know how high and wide and long and deep is the love of Christ and to be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. In fact, this has me so pumped about the five-day fast that that we're doing as a church this coming week. We're encouraging everyone in our church to consider fasting for all or part of this coming week, Monday to Friday. A fasting involves giving up something we value. Usually a fast involves food because we value food, but it can be, we can fast from technology, we can fast from video games or whatever it is for the purpose of seeking the Lord more earnestly. That's the purpose. See, fasting is a way to dethrone these things in our lives for a particular season so that we can give more attention to the Lord. The time we would be eating, we can be focusing on the Lord. The time we'd be on technology or doing video games, we can be focusing on the Lord. So it frees up time in our schedule as well as it frees up space in our hearts to seek God. It is not easy, though. I'm not going to paint this picture. Oh, this is going to be great. You're going to love it. It's going to be awesome. No, it's hard, man. But spiritually speaking, it is awesome. It is. Spiritually speaking, it is. It's awesome. It's spiritually enriching because, again, it, it focuses our hearts more earnestly on him. That's the only way I can describe it. In the midst of the struggle of fasting, we just have to lean on Jesus more. And it can be very powerful. So if you want any more specific information about the logistics of fasting, you can pick up an info um, brochure we put together at, in the info area in the lobby or also go online on our website, you can find that information. So even though fasting is hard for me, um, I'm excited to go for it this week, okay? I'm excited to go for it this week, especially with this North Star focus that God is stirring in my heart and I'm sharing with you. I, I really can't wait to seek the Lord about us being rooted and established in love. And I am so excited to use Ephesians 3, this passage, to pray for me, to pray for our church for this upcoming year. And so let me just ask, would you consider fasting for all or part, even just part of the week, 
Would you consider doing that? And as a part of that fast, would you pray Ephesians 3, 16 to 21? Actually, go to the end of the chapter because it gets more awesome then um, about what God wants to do above and beyond we can even imagine as a church. So pray all the way in the chapter, verse 16, all the way to the end. And would you be praying that this week for you and for our church? I mean, God, ans- God answers prayer. He answers prayer. And I'm excited about how he's going to respond to our seeking him together this week. <laughs> We're going for this together. So I am super excited about how he's going to move. As we as a church, we're going for it. And the doors that God's going to open for his spirit to move at Christ community in 2019. Now, there's one other word in this Ephesians 3 passage that I want us to focus on as it relates to being rooted and established in love. So look again at verse 17. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. See, there's a phrase in there that is really easy for us to skip over um, in the midst of this grand description of God's love. I mean, we jump to the high and wide and all that. It's like, wow, you know, it's easy to skip over this, but I don't want us to miss it. Because it's, it's at the heart of this passage, in the middle of this prayer, to experience God's love, Paul says, together with all the Lord's holy people. See, this idea of growing in our experience of being rooted in, in God's love, it is something that happens best in a community of faith. It happens best together. It happens best in a community. In the community of faith, i.e. the church. See, the church is not a building. We talk about going to church, and yeah, we go to this building, but if this church burned down tonight, we'd still be a church. We'd just figure some other place to meet, right? We, we would be a church because the church is not a building. The church is a gathering. That's what the word literally means. It is a gathering. It is a group of people who are journeying together toward a common goal. So at the heart of Paul's words here is this idea that we are better together than alone. We're better together than alone. We go farther spiritually when we're together than when we're by ourselves. We're trying to do it on our own. So a few months ago, I was channel surfing, um, and it was right around 9-11, and I got focused on this documentary about these five people who, who worked on an upper floor in one of the twin towers um, at the World Trade Center, and they somehow managed to get out of the building before it collapsed. And on their way down, as you can imagine, I mean, they faced several physical and emotional obstacles. Smoke, complete darkness, jet fuel literally running beneath their feet down the stairs. It was horrible. The fear, the panic, the confusion. And one woman in the group was a bit older and was not in great physical condition. So they were in a tough spot. Now, what was so powerful and so moving as I was watching this was how this group of five people, they made a decision early on when they were their offices deciding to go down, they made a decision. We're staying together no matter what. We are staying together no matter what. In fact, one of them said in this interview later, he said, we didn't know if we were going to die or we were going to survive. We just knew we were going to do it together. We just knew we were going to do it together. So this group of five people, they committed themselves to each other. They weren't going down those stairs alone. 
And there, there were times that they carried, they literally carried this older woman. Um, there were times one of them would start to panic and someone else would comfort them. There were times someone just had to decide which route to take. This door's locked, this door's locked. What, what do you do? You know, someone just had to take charge and choose a route. And I'm sure that many times there were some of them, that, some, some of them, maybe all of them thought, I could probably go faster on my own. But they were there for each other. And they made it out of that building minutes before the whole building collapsed. So this older woman, she was interviewed later, and she said on this documentary, she said, I, I know I would not have made it out of there without those other people. Now, I realize that's a, a pretty dramatic example, but the relevance to our story, spiritually speaking, is huge. See, their survival was rooted in this relational commitment to each other. And see, in Ephesians 3, Paul reminds us of a similar truth, spiritually speaking, that a critical part of our being rooted in love is being on this journey together, being committed to a community that is journeying together in this. See, it's that commitment that provides a sense of spiritual rootedness. Otherwise, we're just kind of disconnected. So it's the commitment itself that provides a sense of rootedness. So as we're talking about 2019, I want to take just a few minutes here and reflect on this idea of us being relationally rooted, of being committed to doing this together, of being on this journey together with other believers. What, what might that look like, practically speaking? Well, one of the things, there, there are many things here, but one of the things that I would encourage you to consider as it relates to this is something that we call membership. <clears throat> We used to call it partnership, but that created some confusion. Uh, so we're back to calling it membership. Now, here's the deal. In a, in a response to a lot of prayerful processing and input from people, we have totally revamped our membership process so that it better reflects this journeying together heartbeat. So for one thing, we have made the process way more accessible to everyone. The membership process can now happen completely online in a matter of minutes. You don't have to attend a number of classes or whatever. You can do it completely online. The other thing that we have tried to do is clearly communicate in this process, clearly communicate exactly what membership is. It is not, it is not some special status, spiritually speaking. You don't have to be a member here to grow spiritually, to be in a small group, to give financially, to serve in some ministry. You don't. Okay, well, if that's the case, you're probably wondering, well, why do membership? Why even have membership? Here's why. We believe that membership provides a way for people to officially commit to being spiritually rooted in this church body. So it is a way to officially commit to being spiritually rooted in this church family. There is something spiritually powerful about saying, this is my church and I'm committed to it. I'm committed to doing this discipleship thing together. Okay, so what exactly does this commitment look like? And this is, this is going to be relevant if you're a member already or you're not. This is going to be relevant, okay? What does this look like? In the, well, in this membership revamping process, we determined that there are three basic commitments that a member is making. Someone making this commitment, this is the three basic commitments. First, I'm in. I'm in. 
In other words, I believe in the vision of Christ's community. I believe in the values of Christ's community. I'm on board with what this church believes and is pursuing. I'm in. Okay, that's the first commitment of membership. Second commitment of membership is this. I'm engaged. I'm engaged. I'm not content to just kind of sit on the sidelines and watch this stuff happen. I want to engage in this vision advancing. Now, for us, this includes two things. One is a commitment to engage in ministry to serve others in some way in this church, right? Seeking to use our spiritual gifts and passions to serve this body in some way. Loving people by serving them. It could be any number of ministries around here, but loving people by serving them. And the other commitment is to be engaged financially. It's just committing to giving a portion of our finances to the Lord's work through this church, through Christ's community. I'm convinced, I know it from experience, that something very powerful happens in us and through us when we choose to engage in our church in these ways. There's just something that happens. There's a rootedness that comes from engaging in these ways. And then the third commitment of membership is I'm connected. I'm connected. I'm growing in my relationships here at Christ Community. I'm relationally connected with other believers at Christ Community. Now, often this happens best in, in small groups. Um, our small groups where we experience relational community, there, there are over 100 of these groups and lots of ways to connect. So, so basically for anyone who loves Christ Community and wants to commit to being a part of this vision moving forward, membership is simply a way to make that official it is a way to officially say, I'm in, I'm engaged, and I'm connected. I am committed to being rooted here in this journey. Now, obviously, we're not talking about perfection on these things. With these three commitments, they can very much be in process. If you are intentionally moving towards these things, that's all that matters. Because we're on this journey together. And membership is a way to make that more official. So if you are interested in membership, you can simply go to our website. You can click on the membership banner. There are three short videos, five minutes each, where I talk about each one of these three commitments. There's some information if you want some more information about our doctrine and things like that. And then there's a form that you, will, you can fill out expressing your desire to affirm these commitments and to become a member. Once you submit that online, we then will look those over and we'll get back to you. It's a very, very simple process. But again, it's simple, but we believe it is a very significant step to make in your spiritual journey at Christ Community. You are committing to being spiritually rooted in this church, journeying together in our relationship with Jesus. Now, one of the other things that we wanted, to ex we wanted to explore in this process was how could we make membership not just a one-time past experience that happened 15 years ago and I haven't thought about it since. How do we move it beyond just kind of a one-time past tense reality to a present tense reality? And we thought, wouldn't it be cool to regularly give our members opportunity to prayerfully reaffirm their love for and their commitment to Christ's community, to prayerfully say, I'm still in, <laughs> I'm still engaged, I'm still relationally connected, I'm still with you in this journey. So, I mean, we, we all realize that experiencing spiritual rootedness, it's not about a decision we made 10 years ago. No matter how significant that decision was, being rooted is not about that decision, it's about a decision now. 
right? And the decisions we're making now to choose to be rooted in this body. And so we began to just brainstorm. Don't know of any other church doing this kind of thing, but we just began to brainstorm. How could we do this? And we decided, we may change this, but we decided um, that what we want to do is that every year annually, we're going to reach out via email every January to every member of Christ's community. And we're going to give them the opportunity to prayerfully reaffirm their rootedness here, their desire to be together with Christ's community in this in this journey. Now, please hear me. There is no pressure to respond. We're not checking up on anyone. It's nothing like that. As we all know, that's just not who we are as a church. This is not a requirement. You're already a member. This is not a requirement. Your name won't be removed from membership if you don't respond or whatever. This really is an invitation. This email to you, if you're a member and you receive this, hear it, the heart of it. It is simply an invitation, a spiritual invitation for you and me just to prayerfully reevaluate our engagement in this journey together as a church body, being rooted and established in love. Now, I know, I know I keep saying this, but I want to say it again. I, I really am super excited about 2019 and all that God wants to do in us and through us as a church this coming year. I fully believe, and I'm going to be praying along with you, that we will be rooted and established in love that we will have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Amen? <laughs> Amen. All right, let's, let's pray together. Holy Spirit, come and take these words and begin applying them, stirring them in us. Now, while we're just quieting our heart here, I just, I realize, I want to just acknowledge there's a lot to consider. I just covered quite a bit. There's a lot to process from this message in terms of next steps that God might be asking each one of us to take in this journey toward rootedness. I mean, this, this week of fasting is a great opportunity to seek Jesus about those things. And so I want us to take a few minutes here as we begin this week that's set aside for seeking God. I want each one of us here to just posture our hearts for that. Okay, so let's just take a moment. And what I want you to do, this is you individually. What I want to encourage you to do is offer this coming year to Jesus. This is for you personally. Just consecrate the year to him. So just say, Jesus, I consecrate this year to you. I offer this year to you. Just do that. In the quiet of your heart, just do that. So now let's just ask him, Jesus... Would you help me be more deeply rooted and established in love? Would you do that work in me? 
Would you do that work in us? What we just read about in Ephesians 3, we ask you for that power in our inner being through your spirit to be rooted and established in love together with all the Lord's people. So now that you've asked the Lord that, let's just ask him this question. So Jesus, what are you stirring in my heart right now as it relates to rootedness? Is there something from this message that Jesus is speaking to you about? Maybe it's about time in the word. Maybe it's about engaging in worship more intentionally. Maybe it's about membership, whatever. Just pay attention to what's being stirred there and just start talking to the Lord about that. Lord, I pray, we pray for what you're stirring right now by way of response. Whatever you're stirring, I pray that this week, for all of us, this week, whether we're fasting for part or all, or we're not fasting at all, but we're just seeking you, God, that, that this would be a great opportunity to set aside time to seek you more earnestly and, and that you would speak to each one of us about what it looks like for this year to be more rooted and established in love, what next steps you want us to take, to embrace, in order to better allow you to take our roots deeper in your love. So I pray for that. I pray for an amazing week. We know it's going to be hard, but a, an amazing week of seeking you more earnestly for these things. And for our church, God, we pray this year would be amazing in terms of what you do that there would be breakthroughs, there would be healing, there would be uh, miracles, God, there would be salvations, that you would do amazing things this coming year. More and more people in our community would experience your love through us. So we pray for that. We pray for that. So there's one other thing actually has been on my heart um, as I've been praying for this service this weekend. And um, I have, I've been just listening to another pastor sharing about some things. And he was just talking about the number of people they have seen just experience healing. Um, even of things like bipolar and just some things that I think typically is like, oh, that's a sort of a permanent deal. And, and I was just hearing him talk about that. And I was like, why not here? Why not here? Why not ask? Let's just keep asking God for miracles and for healing in whatever area God wants us to do that. And so what I want, I want to invite you to stand. We're going to just take a couple minutes here and pray just before the, the worship team takes over. But I'd like all of us to stand, if you're able to stand. And here's, here's kind of what I want us to do. In just a moment, we're going to be able to pray for each other. And don't worry, it's not going to be any weird thing. Um, but uh, we've done this a number of times. It's just been a little while since, a few months since we've done this. But, but here's what is on my heart. I feel like there are some of us here and we've been diagnosed with something and it's kind of become a part of us. And the way we kind of think about it is that, yeah, I'm 
bipolar, I'm whatever, I'm, you know, just these diagnoses, and I'm not minimizing anything we've been diagnosed with. What I'm saying, though, is that for some of us here, we've kind of just lost the hope to even pray about this. It's just become a part of us. And so I just, I, I really believe that if you're in that situation, I would invite you to receive prayer. Um, just for healing. We're going to ask God to, to bring healing. Um, and that's what God asks us to, he wants us to ask. We're not, we're not promising anything. We're not claiming anything. We're just asking our gracious and powerful God to touch people. So that's one area. The second area I just was feeling this afternoon was um, if anyone is experiencing pain right now, you're experiencing pain in your body, um, that I, I just wouldn't invite you to receive prayer for that. And then finally, Everyone else, okay? Um, so the third category is just if you have any situation, maybe we're not experiencing pain right now, but you have any situation, you've been diagnosed with cancer or diabetes or high blood pressure, whatever it is, and you would love to be free from that. <laughs> you would love for God to touch you and heal you in that. Then I just think, let's pray, let's ask. Why not here, right? Let's ask God. So here's how we're going to do it. Um, usually I have you sit down, but I'm not going to do that this time. What I want you to do is if you, any of those things, if you're just stirring your heart, I want to receive prayer for something. It could be depression. It could be anything mental. It could be physical, anything really. Just raise your hand and hold your hand up. So just do that right now if you want to receive prayer. And the way this is going to work is the people whose hands are up, we want other people right around them just to gather around them, and we're going to pray for them, okay? And the way I want you to do this, usually we don't do this, but I, I feel like I want to this time. So if your hand is up and you're receiving prayer, there's no pressure to share, but if, you, if you're willing, let people know what they're praying for. Okay, just say, just pray for my back or pray for whatever. And if you don't want to share, that's totally fine. No pressure at all. We'll still pray for you, okay? So let's do it, church. Just gather around people with their hands up. Make sure everyone has at least someone around them. Hold your hands up high so you're seen. And feel free just to kind of share just with the people around you. Pray for this. Pray for this condition. And for those that gathered around, man, let's pray. Pray for healing, all right? Let's go for it. God, we just pray in the name of Jesus for healing. You would touch bodies, Lord. You would touch lives. We pray you would touch minds, Lord, for bipolar to be healed, Lord, for anxiety disorders to be healed in the name of Jesus, depression to be healed in the name of Jesus, Lord. We pray you would write chemical imbalances and you would move in powerful ways. Lord, we pray for people who have been and diagnosed with things that have just hung on to them. God, we pray for hope and encouragement and we want to continue to seek you and pray for miracles and stories even here and now stories of what you're doing and what you're beginning to do in people's lives and so we pray for healing. We pray for pain leave in Jesus' name. Pain to be gone. We pray for joints to be healed, Lord. We pray for diseases to be, to, to be healed completely. God, you would come in power. Holy Spirit, just come now. Come now. Bring life and encouragement and healing to relationships, to, to marriages, Lord, to hearts. God, we pray. We pray for physical, emotional healing. Just come, Lord. Just come more. <laughs> more, Lord. Yeah, just keep asking as you're praying for people. Just keep asking in faith. Jesus, we know you touch people. We know you heal people. It's in your word. It's throughout your word. We know you do this. So we're just asking. We're just asking. Do it again, Lord. Do it again, Lord. 
in the name of Jesus, through the blood of Jesus, we pray encouragement, healing, hope, strength to be poured out now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna just transition into uh, a time of worship. If you're still praying and you want to keep praying, go for it. If you kind of feel like that's over, that's cool. And here's the thing: I want to ask if you were prayed for, and you felt like something is beginning to happen in your body, your mind. If you, this week you see improvement, would you let us know? Because the te- that testimony encourages us to keep praying, right? So if you see any improvement, it doesn't have to be 100%. If you see improvement, email me, email one of our staff. Just let us know um, so that we can continue to uh, trust God in these things. And so, God, we love you. We are so excited about all that you want to do here this coming year. We pray for more. Set us free now to worship you, to respond to you. Through prayer, prayer stations are available. People are there to pray for you. We can respond to you in singing in any number of ways. We love you. Set us free to worship you, God.